Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to DraftKings Network. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I f***ing love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that buzz the next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, Down goes Duffy out cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, back in the saddle. Back in the saddle. Hope everybody had a good long weekend. It is Tuesday, May 30th, the year is 2023. It's episode 412 of the Anakin Florian podcast. Freeform episode of the Anakin Florian podcast. That's what we used to say when we would do live radio. Freeform Friday, right? When you didn't have necessarily a ton of interviews or a ton of things to talk about. We will have Ray Longo coming up here in about seven minutes. Make a lot of headlines, Raymond, talking about Aljamain Sterling. We'll also have Brian Petrie, him and Ken Flo. I think I asked you guys to make like seven picks, but it looks as though maybe Jamie Malaki is going to have a new opponent. So it's down to uh, six selections. So uh, a lot to get into today and some MMA headlines off the top that I would like to get into. But before all of that noise, you might notice Ken Flo's not in his home studio. So if you are watching on the video side, that's not breaking news. So we're in our pre-show meeting and I asked Ken Flo if there's anything uh, to promote. I'm not going to reveal his whereabouts for fear of some uh, integrated defense measures coming my way. Uh, but I guess, you know, when I asked the guy, is there anything to promote wherever he is in the world? His answer was so short winded. Right, Cody? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, no. So uh, I don't know where you are exactly. I don't know what you're doing. Your flannel shirt's pretty nice. Kind of matches your hat. But it's nice to see you nonetheless. It feels like it's been a while. We did do an episode without you on Thursday of last week. So uh, it's good to see your shiny face as always. It's great to see you as well, man. I'm out on the West Coast, out in the West Coast, hanging, hanging a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's good to be doing the show here. <clears throat> Is there any jujitsu part of whatever you're doing in the Pacific time zone? Yes, a little okay. bit. All right. Okay. A little bit of jujitsu. So yeah. season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter begins tonight. And for those that haven't been drawn to recent previous seasons, this is on linear television. It's on ESPN. It's Conor McGregor. It's Michael Chandler. MMA Junkie did a piece laying out all of the previous Ultimate Fighter winners, and there are a lot more than 30 of them because of seasons Latin America and Brazil and otherwise. But uh, I got to go up to Bristol, as some of our listeners know, and film a show called Before Tough. We did interviews with Uriah Faber and Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler, of course, one of the coaches. That is on the uh, ESPN MMA YouTube page. Um, but I got the DVR set. Like, they got me back in, and I don't know if it's the McGregor effect or the fact that it's on ESPN. For me, sometimes, as a guy born in the 1970s, you tell me I can set my DVR on my Xfinity cable box, and that sounds very doable. So uh, to what degree are you uh, are you locked in 10 p.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, May 30th, season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter? I'm certainly curious, uh, and, and we'll definitely check out 
uh, this season. I think that um, just just a great opportunity for the UFC to gain more fans yet again. Uh, when you have a huge name like Conor McGregor involved with the Ultimate Fighter, I think that's a great thing and a great choice that they're putting it on uh, on on TV as opposed to streaming it. Um, and I expect that if all things go well, this will be another uh, blockbuster for the UFC in regards to pay-per-view buys. Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor, if you've seen them fight before, that alone will sell the fight, but I think this will just uh, help that much, that much more. So Kenny has not seen before The Ultimate Fighter, and that's not because he's not a supportive friend. He's got all this other stuff going on in his life. By the way, I went down a rabbit hole this morning on Instagram. The handle is at Argus Integrated Defense, founded by Kenny Florian in collaboration with AR Tactics and James Paolo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I Jared did not Paolo. mention yes, you got it. Jared. Yeah, 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 Jared yeah. Paolo, excuse me. Yeah. What I say, James? Yeah. I need reading glasses. All right, so we got Jared Paolo. We got fucking Al- Antonio Rivers, Nicole Thurman. We don't want to leave anybody out. But yeah. I'd imagine if you got an Instagram handle, you know, this is pretty interesting stuff. So Argus Integrated Defense. So it seems like maybe the next course is in October. There might be one sooner, but uh, this is pretty, pretty involved in something that I'd imagine you're pretty passionate about. So uh, before I get back to the ultimate fighter, what is Argus integrated defense? Yeah. Thanks for asking, man. Um, yeah. So basically it's a group of us, you know, from all different backgrounds or military or, or police or otherwise, you know, I come from a fighting background and we all kind of just started training together. I was involved with, you know, learning how to shoot and get better with that and, and trying to use that in a variety of different ways and, and, and explore that. And um, we all kind of started working together, collaborating on different things and, and kind of uh, testing, uh, stress testing different things um, and uh, decided to kind of, hey, there was this need that we can all kind of fulfill and use our, our backgrounds and specialties and knowledge to, to help other people, whether it's law enforcement, military or civilians, and uh, try to kind of formulate these courses where you are actually utilizing, um, you know, the ability to use a pistol and the ability to retain that pistol with both, you know, combatives and uh, knowledge of how to utilize a weapon properly. So we're trying to put it all together for people um, because sometimes you think, that, hey, I'm a professional fighter. I know what to do. Well, not if someone pulls a gun on you yeah. and, you know, then you think, well, if I have a pistol, what do I need martial arts for? What do I need to know how to fight? I just pull up my gun, shoot anybody who wants to come at me. It's like, no, it's not that easy either, depending on what kind of range they're in. So you want to know when to use your pistol, when to use your hands, all that stuff, the legal implications of all that stuff. So we try to address all of it and, and try to give a more complete self-defense curriculum, more complete self-defense approach. I love it. But a lot of it rooted in integrating firearms defense and martial yeah. arts defense and uh, right up Ken Flo's fucking alley, you know. Uh, <laughs> so are you guys trying to take this thing like across the United States? I mean, what what are the plans? I mean, is the Anakin Florian podcast like are you going to leave us when this thing gets to be just so <laughs> massive? Like what what is the ultimate vision since you're the goddamn founder? I will always be here with it with Anakin. My man, let's go. Uh, but um yeah, so, you know, we get a ton of requests all over the country um, for seminars. You know, obviously, with my schedule and, and the other guys' schedules, it's tough to put it all together all the time. Um, so we, we try to bang out a bunch in a weekend at a, at a particular city or location, things like that. And, um, you know, so it, it depends. You know, we definitely have plans on doing more of the teaching side. We also have uh, plans of uh, creating um, a very interesting... Uh, competition. I can't really say too much about it 
now, but we're trying to uh, create a, a very cool, I guess you could say, self-protection competition that involves some of the elements that we t- we talked about. Um, so that 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 could be uh, very interesting in the future. So we're hoping wow. to have that later this year. So yeah. Now, would you and I be the commentators for this initiative? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be, okay. that would be awesome. Right. That. Doesn't seem like you thought about that yet. Where the fuck's Chris Rose, by the way? <laughs> Chris Rose, Sean O'Connell. We'll see who he chooses. As long as it's not Kurt Pellegrino. Yes. Gonna be a by the way, Kurt yeah. Pellegrino is not a godfather to one of your children. Somebody commented, right? No. All right. Kurt, we love you, but, uh, you know, I, we're just going to leave it there. All right. Ray Longo is ready, but I'm just going to take 30 seconds, and I hope that he'll uh, he'll be okay with this. I want to ask you, Kenny, in 30 seconds on The Ultimate Fighter, I asked Eddie Alvarez on that show that you didn't watch, and our producer, Air Broom, came up with a great question here. This show is prospects versus veterans, and I'm not being paid to talk about the show. I'm actually intrigued. So I asked Eddie Alvarez at the request of my great producer, Air, if you're a coach and you had the choice of prospects or veterans, guys who've been in the UFC before, those are the veterans or prospects that haven't been there. Uh, which group are you choosing in 30 seconds or less? Anyway. I, guess I, would, I guess I would go with prospects because I feel like I have more of a chance at changing, changing them a little bit more and molding them a little bit more than, say, someone who may be set in their ways as far as a veteran. Now, experience matters so much, but for me as a coach, I would probably lean towards prospects. It's also a little bit more exciting, I, I think, that way. And he's also selfless, right? Because ultimately you see his answers rooted in the athletes and not trying to win the competition, right? I'm just saying some people might've said, Hey, give me the veterans, right? Been there, done that. These guys are going to be hungry as hell, like last chance type deal. Uh, all right. Well, that's enough on that. Thanks for indulging me. Uh, season 31 of the ultimate fighter tonight live on ESPN and ESPN plus. All right. Let us now get to the star of the show. However groomed it's the Ray Longo minute. Now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. My man. Hey, raise Uh-oh. your hand if you hear that static. Oh, it just went away. That's a beautiful thing. And Cody's going to kill me for addressing it. Hi, Ray. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Nice to see you. Hey, I'll tell you a funny story. I was listening to you guys talk, but I'm, I'm with Kenny. I'm taking the prospects because, uh, you know, they're hungry for knowledge. They're going to be right there. The, the veterans know what they're doing. They're not going to listen to you. You can't get them to do anything they don't want to do. When we, when we and Matt did season six of The Ultimate Fight, I remember it came down to uh, picking either Sadaropoulos or Mark Danzig. And Danzig, I think, just got done with a fight in pride. He was, seemed like he was a seasoned guy. And for that very reason, we went with Sadaropoulos because we figured we could make a difference. And, you know, Danzig's already been there and done that. And obviously he was really – both guys were really good on the show and had decent uh, careers, I think. But, uh, yeah, I like – I'm with Kenny. Give me the prospects. I think that's where it's at. That's where the excitement is at as a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know. I thought you were about to bang on George Sadaropoulos in back-to-back episodes, but you didn't. No, 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 no. Didn't didn't even – I, I only talk from like if, if it if it fit the story of what we're talking about, then I'll say something. I'm definitely no, of course, gonna, no. I know I I'm just it. messing around. And I think, and John, your face when the mere thought, the mere thought that Pellegrino was a godfather to one of Kenny's kids, <laughs> and not you. I, I do it. My heart, I, my, I just, 
I got pains in my heart right now looking at you. That was horrible. <laughs> Well, oh, because as if Kurt might have been chosen like over me. I'm not yeah, trying to. Yeah. This has nothing to do with me. It's about oh. Kurt being the wrong choice. Or <laughs> true. Oh, man. We don't even have any picked out. How bad is that? Not a, okay. Well. No, well, I, you know, I mean, I'm a Jewish man. You know, my wife's Catholic, but we don't have any uh, godparents. You know, I have yeah. an, an identical twin brother. Kempflo told me to get a fucking trust. So you know what I did? Went and got a family trust. And, uh, yes. you know, Ace and my twin brother is... Uh, going to be in charge, you know, if one of these metal tubes goes down over Australia. So, all right, a lot to get into. And I kind of figured that you would mention the prospects as well. That's why I actually front-ended that and tried to ask Kenny about it. But a lot to get to, but let's just start. I mean, what's going on in your life? We appreciate the extra time last week. Uh, What's going on? What do you got going on? How was your uh, extended weekend? I mean, you're always fucking grinding, we know, but what's going on? Damn, no, having a, we had a great weekend over here. Uh, people were training. We went to a couple of parties together. Good time. Good time on Long Island. I know you'd rather talk about martial arts than yourself, but uh, yes. when you go to a party, like I think some of the audience would like to know what you do, what beverage you have in hand. We know you spit out steak fat at this point, but like, what do you drink? We did <laughs> never get, and we also never got how you get your steak cooked. <laughs> steak cooked is uh, medium rare. Drink of choice is uh, vodka and cranberry, whatever vodka they have. Right. Hopefully the highest end vodka. All right. But uh, I'm try, I try not to drink that much anymore at this point. Right. You know? So would it be but, you mix in like a Diet Coke then if you're not drinking? No, nah, definitely. It's either water. No. I don't drink anything but water. Yeah. Water, coffee, tea, and an occasional drink. Yeah. I only drink soda and Gatorade when I'm not on the Anakin Florian podcast because with Ken Flo, I'm just not trying to do you know. <laughs> We got the green tea today. Holy, oh, the green tea. Man, how many cups? I have like three three cups of green tea a day. That's great, man. That's, That's really why you're going to live forever. So uh, uh, in terms of martial arts, yeah. if you Maybe, came across yeah. – go ahead. No, no. I was going to say, Kenny, I love what you're doing with the self-defense. Like if I, oh, stop, thanks, man. If I stop tomorrow – that's kind of what I'm doing because I have I have yeah. a kid that's been with me since he's like 17. He's a pretty high-ranking FBI guy. He's certified in every possible. You know, he was in the military, and he's always saying, "This is what we got to do. This is what we got to do." Yeah. He loves it. He loves exactly what you're doing. I, I I'd even love to hook you up with him. He's he's that'd be cool. He's, he's great, man. He's really good. He's he's one of my you know for the collie and stuff like that. Definitely one of my top guys, which we don't talk about a lot, that's but. Awesome. There's a couple of those guys floating around. I love the Kali for that stuff. I really do. Yeah. Love it. Sorry, Cody John. just no, not Cody just pushed out a tweet. I am at my twin brother's house. If you are watching on the DraftKings YouTube channel or the DraftKings network, we hope you're watching on the network. But my brother just tweeted like my brother's recording his podcast at my house because his Wi-Fi is trash. So is his mouth. <laughs> I got little girls here listening. Watch your tongue, son. Now he can't hear anything that you guys are saying because I got these big things covering up my big ears, you know, but uh, I guess we'll try to clean it up a little bit, right? They can hear everything. I don't usually do it at this time of day. So it's taking over the bedroom. You know why? Because we're moving into a studio. Well, oh, and, uh, and thank and thank you for the gift that came in the mail. You guys are the best. Oh, you got the check? It wasn't a gift. Did uh, someone gift? What was that? It's, uh, did someone send you a gift, or are you talking about the check? No, I'm talking about the check. The check is yeah. the gift. Are you kidding Okay, me? yeah. Well, no, I just want to make sure Cody didn't send you, like, merchandise, right? And no, I want no, the no. extra rounds folks to know no. that we send you checks. No, definitely. You guys are the best. 
really right, appreciate just making that. sure. I totally lost my train of thought. No, what were take, we talking take back about? On. I'm all yours now. Forget about the. All right. I had to get that in because I was listening to Kenny talk about doing the competition. Or I think it's great. I think that's all great. Oh, stuff. that's what we were talking about. That's yeah. what we were talking about and hooking him up with your buddy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, do you have anybody in action this coming weekend, June third, fourth? Uh, wait. Hold on. Give me a. Uh... For those listening, obviously. Oh, I do. You know what? I have a kid, Hunter Tracy. He's in a, He's going to do a boxing smoker with the uh, NYPD against the uh, fire department. It's like a tough man contest type of deal. Yeah. So, be so uh, Saturday. All right. I just want to get that out of the way before we dive back into Aljamain Sterling and some other things. By the way, yeah. how's May Rob Dwalishwili on the mend? Any word on May Rob? Yeah, he's, he's back in town. <laughs> Didn't you see the video where he's throwing everybody around with the cast on his hand? No. Yes, yeah. I did. Did you see that? He's just nonstop. I don't know. He's in a great, great spirits. Uh, I think the cast is coming off in a couple of months. Uh, it seems like he he's going to do better with this operation than uh, than Weidman did because uh, I don't know if they grafted the bone from his hip into his hand, but. I don't wow. know. He, he seems he's in great spirits. I mean, he was happy as a lock and he's whatever. But this was a pretty invasive procedure. I don't know. It was a, you know, he had a, he had a bad, you know, he's in a cast and he had a hand problem. I mean, Weidman's definitely was, he was hurt. Yeah. Right. No, I remember that out of his hip. Yeah. And he had the, they yeah. had the same injury, but you know, that was 10 years ago. So maybe they changed something. I forget what Marab said about that, but he looked, he looked happy. He looked good. See, Longo's afraid of getting clickbaited, right? He's afraid of getting aggr- aggregated. I, I bring up May Rob Dwalishwili, and I use the word invasive to describe the surgery. You know, and he don't want those headlines, right, on those mixed martial arts websites. I don't have to worry about first Longo off, first, says Dwalishwili's surgery was invasive. Yeah, I tell you, first off, I hate those, I hate those clickbait things, man. They drive me fucking crazy. No, get I, you. No, I, and I and I and every so often I go, you know, I'm not even going to do an interview because it because of that. And then I just forget completely about it until I see it again. And I was like, oh man, because I, I really hate listening to myself. So I, you know, I never listened to like a full interview. But then you get those clicks coming right. through like your feed. But this guy's pushing me right, Ken. He's he's dying today. Holy crow! <laughs> I go get to the good stuff. Come on, I, I feel like I'm boring the shit out of you today. No, I'm I'm enjoying this tremendously. You know, yeah. I find it fascinating that you don't listen to yourself back, right? And uh-huh. we're what are we 412 episodes in at this point in time and uh gosh, I don't like listening to myself back. I hate watching my pay-per-view opens back, but uh I haven't found any other way to get better than to forcing my myself through that uh inconvenient truth. All right, so a few things I'd like to get into if uh we could so, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big soap opera guy. You don't strike me as a big soap opera guy. But as the world turns, according to Aljamain Sterling, it seems like every day there's a headline and an update. So uh, where do we stand right now here? It's not. I mean, training camp's got to be getting started pretty soon, I would think. <laughs> he, he was just in here. He, he hit for five rounds. We analyzed a couple of fights. Well, we only did a couple of rounds. Uh, that was it. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's pulling himself into it slowly but surely. Oh, and I have no doubt that he'll be fine, and he's very mentally yeah. forged. But he he's enormous right now, which is fine. You know that shouldn't affect the betting line necessarily. Have you seen the betting line yet, Ray? No. What is the betting line? Do you have a guess before we just offer that type of information I, up I to think, you? 
Uh, no, I want to. I want to say I, but it was it was like a week ago. I heard Aljo was a minus. He was the favorite, maybe minus one eighty, two hundred, something like that. Yeah, it's even north of that. Sean O'Malley right now wow. on DraftKings Sportsbook is plus two fifteen. Wow. I mean, Ray, you got a guy favorite at this clip. You got to get that done, Ray. Right, Kenny? I mean, I know this guy. I'm mad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so it is interesting because so many people have sounded off on this. Tim Welch, I believe, did an interview with Ariel Helwani, and Sean O'Malley has sort of maybe bloated the timeline, suggesting that Al Jermaine had four months. I guess for me, and I wanted to get Kenny's thoughts on this as part of my notes today is just like there's a decompression period, especially after a five round championship fight. And the notion that like Henry Cejudo, and I love you, Henry, but would go public two and a half weeks after this title defense of Sterling's. And it's not as though it's its first title defense. And to be like, Hey, if Aljo can't fight O'Malley, I'll fight him. You know, it's like, it's almost like lunacy. Right. And if you are a sports fan at your core, when Cejudo started getting injected into this, like, let us not forget my calendar says May, and that is the month in which your pupil defended his title successfully. So, uh, I don't know, man, it's just absolutely crazy to me how it's exciting for me as a fan. It's a huge fight, Sterling O'Malley, and it's happening quickly in our hometown, but my goodness, man, like this is a quick, quick turn after a five round fight. Yeah. I think the, the, the point to me is that he definitely publicly said he'd fight in September. I mean, we're talking about four weeks. Like, that can't upset a schedule that bad, can it? Four weeks. He's saying September would have been no problem. I, I don't know. That's where that's where I have the problem. Why do we have to – we got to force it four weeks earlier? Well, if I'm Team Sterling, you know, I'm thinking there's tremendous value in an extra four weeks, right? That I probably would have made that demand, is, yeah. but it sounds like that's too late in time. Kenny, obviously you can speak to this, having not only gone into a fourth round against BJ Penn, but having gone five rounds against Jose Aldo and Sean Shirk, I believe, back in the day. Like, I know that his fight with Cejudo wasn't inherently, inherently violent in terms of, like, his absorption, but... Mentally, physically, that's a quick flip switch for Aljamain Sterling. And I think it's asking a lot, right, to uh, turn around and beat Sean O'Malley here coming up August 19th. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things, right? There's the fight itself. And a five-round fight is could be a big problem, right? Um, a lot of things can happen over the course of 25 minutes. Um, there's a lot of wear and tear that happens on your body. But what also what people forget is the five-round camp that you have to put in in preparation for that. And it is absolutely grueling. And I think it's it's very healthy and, and um, normal and good for a fighter to take some time off, not only after a grueling 25-minute fight, but after a grueling camp like that. Um, it's good for your mind. It's good for your spirit. You know, your body's going to have to recover. So all those things are super important, uh, you know, for you to take time and, and, and be able to do that. So, um and it wears on you. It can easily wear on you mentally. And as the champ, you have that big target on your back, of course. And, um, you know, it, it, it is a tight turnaround. Uh, this isn't just a three-round fight that he's coming from. And it's not just, you know, this is the world championship that he's trying to hold on to here. Ben, John, my thing is that he is the champ. And I think he deserves a little input and a little respect on that. I don't think it's a big deal if the guy asks for four more weeks to defend his title. He's not like he wants to fight. You know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, look, you can't even, 
he can't even relish in his win. He's already has to think about That's a part of it I mean, too. Like, I look, I, I'm a big believer, work hard, play hard. You know what I mean? You could play yep. hard as long as when you come in and you have to do what you have to do, you 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 train hard. And I mean, like, yeah, we're at a Memorial Day party. A guy technically, what do you want? Not to drink or socialize, right. you know, he's already right. they put him in a weird position because we didn't even get out of the octagon, and all of a sudden, O'Malley's is injected into the conversation. I mean, we never never yeah. made it out of the octagon. And I right. think the narrative they had was already written, that that's when they wanted to fight. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. A guy doesn't defend his a title in in three months or four months, and you strip him. I mean, or you have an interim title. I I, I don't see any logic in that at all. It's not guy's not even saying he's he just wants to rest that's it he didn't say he was right. hurt he's going to be out for a year we get that part but now it's because if you don't do what we want you to do when we want you to do it yeah we're stripping you of the title and i think yeah. that that's where that's where it gets a little wacky to me yeah yeah so if we demanded that you get a haircut high and tight for the sake of the show to not be all over the place in the middle of the screen i mean we're on a network now would you get a haircut for the show? I mean, it doesn't sound like you would cower to that type of demand. No, no, 100%. I'll get a haircut right. every day if you want me to. So I keep banging this Aljamain Sterling drum, perhaps at my own peril, but I try to support all of these fighters, right? If you yeah. were to ask the roster, right, in terms of me either commenting to them on Instagram or privately, hundreds, if not thousands of messages, and I try to be individualistic about it, but one thing that I do say to fighters after a win is, like, enjoy the fruits. And he's certainly not being afforded that opportunity. Let me ask you this. Is there any upside to the quick turn? Either of you. I mean, the only upside, you know, I guess is financially, you know. But not in terms of being in shape, not getting super bloated and putting together back-to-back training camps. Yeah, that's that's tough, John. Just like what Kenny said, it's not even... A lot of th- times you think about, but to do a five-round camp, which is different than a three-round camp, and now you're doing it over and over again, your body has to relax. I mean, he does push himself hard. And, uh, you know, everybody's set in their own ways. Look, and everybody's different. I mean, Marab probably would fight once every two weeks. It might, he might not last that long doing that, but he's definitely not against it. If Cejudo would have said he would have fought him, I'm telling you, he wouldn't even have went for the hand operation. He would have fought with a busted hand. Now, I don't think that's the smartest thing to do, but that's that's Marab's comfort zone. He wants to get in there and do it healthy, not healthy. You know, it's you know he fought even when Frankie signs guy had a full fledged flu. I couldn't stop him. Right. So everybody's different. Aljo's more of a cerebral guy. He's a thinker. He likes to plan things out. He likes to do things. You know the way he's found success, and I I embrace that with him. You know, we just had a you know a great chat about a couple of things about fighting and, you know, I let him know where I'm, what I'm thinking. And he lets me know what he's thinking. All right. I have a few other things and I promise they're MMA related and I'm not just doing this for the sake of content, but it does amaze me like how upset you get when I talk about things that aren't fight related. And I don't know if you're just doing it to like jab me. Give me an example. I think it's interesting when I ask you like how you get your steak cooked, right? It it doesn't sound like you ask your fighters who are then going to chew the fat how they would like it cooked. (laughs) But I think that's interesting. And you always, I mean, you're not like, no, I'm not saying like you're not as like off the wall and goofy as Matt Sarah, but you're not like this straight edge guy. And it amazes me that you perpetually try to shift the conversation back to fighting when I try to just 
you know. No, no, let's do it. Let's. I'm, I'm not purposely no. doing that. Let's do right. it. Go for it. Right. No, it's it's all no, good. I mean, most I, of no, what I, I have is it. is no, fight I stuff. Do it. it really is fight stuff. Uh, have we? All right. Well, then, have we tipped the have we tipped the hairdresser yet? Have we taken care of that? <laughs> well, listen, aren't you happy for me that my hair grows rapidly? That's very a good much thing. so. I very have to really. So. I do have to get it. Uh, I got to get her in here next week. How's that? How about we cut my hair on the podcast while I'm doing it? Yeah, I think that'd be great. You know, thankfully, Chief of Content at DraftKings, Stacey McCollum, hasn't complained. She probably is just so drawn into everything you're saying in the All right, right, let me get into the few fighting things because Brian Petrie is going to populate this screen as we go four wide here in about five minutes. And, uh, Cody, you can let me know whenever BP is is ready to go. So our next pay-per-view is coming up June 10th, and we're going to spend a lot of time later in the show talking about this weekend's fight between Kai Kata France and Amir Albazi. Uh, but Irene Aldana is fighting Amanda Nunes for the championship. Happy birthday, Amanda. Today is her birthday. Irene Aldana is massive. She is a very talented Mexican striker, a yeah. willing grappler who has had years and years and years of grappling reps. And not unlike Alexa Grasso, I do feel like her career has built uh, mindfully and rightfully towards this moment, right? She's a pretty big underdog coming up here on June 10th, but what what kind of chance do you give a Rene Aldana to uh, to potentially knock out Amanda Nunes? Because I think a lot of people believe if she's going to win, it's uh, her power that's going to rule the day. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I give her a big chance to win that fight. You know what I mean? I think, uh, like you say, she's a big kid who throws hard, man. I, I don't know if, like... Amanda's getting older. It's only a matter of time till we start seeing diminishing returns. And this could be the fight. This girl, these girls are hungry. Uh, I, I think there's a better chance of her winning than I would have had Grasso beating Valentina. I, I, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, the but, odds certainly reflect that. Well, what, 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 what are the odds in this fight? I'll get you the price here on Irene Aldana. She is plus 260. To give you some point of reference, Sean O'Malley plus two fifteen against your guy Aljamain Sterling, Irene Aldana plus two sixty. I think that's a good bet, man. I think so our, that's a good, and I think she's got the momentum of a teammate, and the, you know Mexico's starting to come on strong. They got a couple of champs. I I don't know, man. That girl can throw. And I do think the size matters. And Kenny, I do largely want you to save your bullets on this, but I remember yeah. hosting the press conference before. I think it was UFC 278, the fight between Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman and remarking about Leon's size just in person before he had even gone into training camp. And then I just had the chance to host the press conference between Irene Aldana and uh, Amanda Nunes. You may recall Aldana went in for handshake. I went in for hug. And so we got the hug from Irene Aldana. I could just tell you she's she's got some size to go with an appreciable skill set. I'm excited to see what uh, what she can do. The fight that <laughs> the fight that uh that I really wanted to ask you about before we uh bring on Big Gun Brian Petrie is Benil Darius and Charles Oliveira, and Benny Darius has had a lot to say, doing a lot of media leading up to what you can argue is the biggest fight of his career, title eliminator to be sure. Uh, and I even know before next week's main event challenge that Ken Flo is probably going to pick Benil Darius to win that fight. So uh, very close on the betting line right now. Just wanted an early lean from you, Raymond, on Benil Daryush and Charles Oliveira just about 11 days out. Yeah, I, I'm going with Benil Daryush. 
actually. Both guys are great guys. like them both. But I think Benil's been really, really consistent. I think he's waited long for this opportunity, and I think he's going to seize the moment. And like, again, if you look at Oliveira, and again, I don't really analyze these. I mean, I, I would go back if you want me to start really looking at it the right way. But, uh, you know, it seems like he's been knocked down a lot of times. He gets off the hook because of who he's fighting. I don't think he gets away with that with uh, Dariush. And I think Dariush will be able to negate the jujitsu, and he'll be able to uh, – I think he's winning that fight. I don't know. I see him winning that fight. I think a lot What's of people agree with you. Fight? I'm trying to find the live betting line right now, and there are just so many offerings on DraftKings Sportsbook that I can't even find it right now. But it is very close, and I believe that Daryush might even be a slight favorite. Of course, Cody's going to chase that for us at some point in time. But as he does that, I want to go four wide if I could and uh, and bring on star of the main event challenge and the MMA Takes podcast, Big Gun Brian Petrie. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> Let's go, boys. What's up? There he so, is. if you don't follow Brian's every move, I do, right? Sure. Like me and my twin brother were following this kid <laughs> on Instagram, like just checking in on his vacation. So, uh, yeah, he's got some color. You got some. Oh, yeah. This indoor cat went outside finally. I grew up in a swim club. I had a swim club up the street. My girls haven't had that privilege. So, this year we first joined. This is the first weekend it was open. So, sitting poolside watching them swim was. A good time getting a base, getting a base of this pale skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, there, you got to get that. You got to get that base coat, Brian. Very important. Gotta get the base. I'll be in North Carolina in two weeks. I want to get golden when I'm out there. So we're laying a base right now and we're going to be good. <laughs> Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy-schmancy tilt-sip smell routine, or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. So when we go four wide, we get to see you in more of your glory here. Yes. And I apologize if you're audio only at this point in time. We appreciate your support, of course. God, but video. you got this whole shot with these posters, and it looks like you got a sleeve tattoo on the left arm. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, throw I'm that working jab, on that. I mean, yeah. throw that fucking jab yeah, out there. Yeah, a little jab out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So... Before we let Ray go, I, I don't know if you were in the back when we were sort of remarking that Ray likes to keep it pretty uh, meat and potatoes here on the show and talk about sure. martial arts. Are you okay when I bring up, you know, your skin tone? You can bring up whatever you want. John. I'm an open book. I'm an open right. book, man. We can talk whatever. You want my social right. security number? I got that right at the top. Right? Right. Just the last four. Just the last four. Just the last four. That's all you need. Yeah. Hey, Ray, we're going to let you go, man. We're going to let yeah. you go. You sure and, there's uh, nothing else you want to know? What kind of sneakers I wear? Anything? <laughs> anything? No. What kind? Well, what I mean, nothing. what kind is? Please tell me you don't wear like those big white Nikes that people your age wear. No, I wear whatever the U. Or New Balances. The the yeah, the white New Balances. Yeah, fresh white New Balances. Yeah. What? That's it. That's Are you wearing you New Balances? No, I'm wearing 
The rock sneakers. The rock shoes. Yeah, the rock shoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love them. He's kidding. Love them. Price is, price is right on those, by the way. <laughs> hey, so Petrie got a check too, Ray. It wasn't quite as big as yours. We did send Petrie a check as well. Bro. I appreciate that. Got that today. Got that today, boys. Look at this. Look at this. You guys, you guys, you guys are the gifts that keeps on giving. A hundred percent. Ken flows the bank. He decides. He oh, yeah. 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 Ken flows. Uh, hey, Ray. Ken flows. We're gonna we're gonna hook up, man. I love that stuff uh, you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you, Ray. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's been too Next long. Next week we'll uh we could discuss anything you want. What I'm oh, watching on TV, <laughs> what what music I like. A big Led Zeppelin fan, if anybody gives a shit. Love the old nice. love the old rock and roll. Uh, can't get it. I work out to Zeppelin every day. You want me to ask you? Are you watching the Ultimate Fighter tonight? You gonna watch the Ultimate Fighter? You want me to ask you? Who, hey. hey, who's your favorite Ultimate Fighter winner ever? What was that? Favorite You're Ultimate Fighter the show winner tonight? ever? I guess would have to would have to be Matt Serra. Good pick. Uh, that's a good go. easy one. I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely watching tonight. I'm I'm intrigued. I like you know we know a lot of guys that are on there. I like the concept. I'm 100 percent watching it. You probably have some spoilers then as to some results, yeah? No, nothing. Nobody oh, talks right. to me. No. Right. Right. I, <laughs> well, uh, I know nothing. Well, continue making zeros. I know nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> I see nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's way beyond me and Petrie. We don't know what yeah. you guys are talking about. I went over my oh, head. Too. Go. Ten. Right. Come on, they're classics. I got classics. you. I got you. All right, guys. I'm out here. John, I want you to put together... Trivia questions for next week. Whatever you want to know, I'm into. All right. Just go tip your uh, hairdresser and uh, uh, we'll talk I'll to you next week. By, how about that? I'll have a haircut by next week. Please. And just, you know, it grows back. Just go a little bit tighter. Yeah. I got You got to work with what you have, buddy. It's like it's like getting easier at this age. All right. You're the man, Ray. Right. Get out of here. You're the man. Here. There he is. The Ray Longo minute. <clears throat> Every week here on the Anik and Florian podcast, Brian Petrie, yes. welcome home. It's nice hey. to see you, buddy. Boys are back so, in town, uh, baby. I love it. So we have a lot of things to get to today. Uh, one thing that is returning to the program is the pronunciation of the week. So uh, yeah, we're right. going to go back to that lovely four shot, or we're just going to hear the dulcet tones of Cody Merrow. But essentially, we're going to play a name that involves a headlining fighter here this weekend. It is not Amir Albazi. Mm-hmm. It's his opponent out of city kickboxing, first name Kai. He's fought several times in the UFC. But I just want to point out a little idiosyncrasy to his name. So uh, we welcome in Cody Merrow. What's up, Blue Eyes? What's up, Cody? How's it going, fellas? Cody, as uh, one of our longtime listeners before you became the producer, are you as put off by the, uh, the non-MMA talk as Raymond? Or are you okay with a little mix-up every now and again? No, no, I'm good. See, I thought where you're going with that was my prowess and the pronunciation of the week as opposed to the previous producer, but, you know, yeah. can't win them all. Uh, you know, your pronunciation game a lot stronger than your NFL predictions, but uh, is that your dog Scuba that's snoring in the background? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, will take, we will take snoring over barking. See, look at this guy, always looking out for the show, just woke his fucking dog. <laughs> in the show. <laughs> All right, so uh, this flyweight contender recently fought for the interim championship, and I, I would just like to hear you say how Kai says his name, or at least how you think he says it. So I think he says it, Kai Cara France. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely good to go for broadcast. 
Circle gets the square, but I would like to hear the file. All right. The file is here. That's you. Just my full name. Yeah. No. Kai Cutter Franz. And then twice low. Kai Cutter Franz. Kai Cutter Franz. Oh, and, and one with your fight name as well, please. Kai, don't blink, Cutter Franz. All right. Thanks to John Gooden for that. So, Ken Flo, we talk a lot about rolling the R in Brazilian yeah. Portuguese, right? Mm-hmm. So, every day of the week, Kai says his last name with that rolled R. I've never heard him say Kai Cara Franz. Now, we're in the business of getting the right syllable right. But those who choose to roll the R can or those who are able to roll the R can. But, dude, I don't know, you know, whether you're a Kiwi or a Brazilian. It's Kai Cara Franz with a rolled R every day of the week if you can do it, right? Yeah, I, I think so. That's cool. I, I actually didn't know that. But uh, he is uh, saying it different than what I've been saying it. But that's, yeah, yeah. I agree. Kata. Kata France. I Kata France. Yeah. Cody, Franz. That's, let's go ahead. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Cody, that's good enough. Well, let's do about get uh, back to sleep as we uh, segue into the main event challenge. Kind of good after a week off to be yeah, back in this type of business, especially after a, a good week for you guys. <laughs> back when we last convened, updated standings. Brian Petrie was minus twenty nine hundred and thirty American dollars. Three and two on the week. That included a hit on your special prelim featured bet, Gilbert Urbina, and a three-unit whack on Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. So a plus 310 week for Petrie. Kenflo, two and two, even on the week, remains in the black at plus $5. But far more importantly for Kenflo, his lead, 2,935 American dollars. UFC fight night, Cata France versus Albazi. And we'll begin in the heavyweight division. I don't care if Andre Arlovsky fights in a prelim, Bry, main yeah. event, sure. PFL against yeah. Francis Ngannou. Yes. <laughs> Whatever it may be, we're making a prediction and we're watching. Dontel Mays, though, betting favorite right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, minus 125. The ageless 44-year-old Andre Arlovsky is plus 105. UFC start number 40 for Arlovsky. Wow. What are you thinking? You yeah. think he gets it done? He's done a lot of winning of late. Sure. Yeah. Um, this line's weird to me. Cause I mean, didn't anyone not watch Dante versus Augusto Sakai? I mean, the guy didn't show up. He threw under 40 strikes. I mean, didn't wrestle D one Dante was not there anymore. Right. What happened to this guy? This is a guy that was the most feared guy in Northern Kentucky, Southern Kentucky he came up when I was still going to local shows, knocking everyone out. And now I watch him strike and I'm like, He's so uncomfortable in the pocket. He doesn't like getting hit. He's like six, seven or whatever. And he doesn't use his reach. It's very weird to me. Like he regressed in a standup to learn a little more about grappling and his wrestling's okay. It's nothing great. But Arlovsky though, he didn't get submitted for years. Barnett got him in 2016. Then all of a sudden he gave the Aspinall. Then he got submitted by the Lima, which is kind of an ugly submission loss in my opinion, right? That was that that one is a glaring L in the record. That was the last time out. But I think uh, Arlovsky's going to keep this on the feet. I think he's going to win a decision. He doesn't put anybody out anymore. Dante's cardio has improved, but you're giving me a plus number on a heavyweight. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it by decision and give me uh give me the pit bull. Give me Andre Arlovsky. Kenny, it really is incredible when you go to Andre Arlovsky's tapology page or Wikipedia page and you think about all the big fights and how many big names he's fought spanning all these different decades. And I'm sure for you, you have a lot of admiration recently celebrating a birthday, not all that far away from his. He was submitted by Pezow his last time out. That was October of last year. Uh, 
But man, solid at the window, right? And you haven't paid a big price. The only man to beat him other than Pezow dating to 2019, Tom Aspinall. Petrie likes Andre Arlovsky. Kenny Florian, your thoughts? Yeah, it's crazy to see that level of durability, that level of longevity in a guy who fought at a high level in the UFC's heavyweight division where you can take a tremendous amount of damage. And I, I got to say, I agree with Brian here as well. I think that Arlovsky knows how to win rounds. Um, he does have some close decision wins here and there. But I, I don't. I think the lack of activity, the lack of volume from Mays may come back to haunt him here again. I also don't think he's that much of a submission threat to where he could take down Arlovsky, keep him there, get superior position, and then lock in a submission. So, um, you know, for both these guys, it is the UFC heavyweight division, which can be difficult to predict, especially when you have two guys that are willing to stand up and trade. However, the experience for Arlovsky, I think, is going to be the difference here, and I think he wins by decision. All right, Andre Arlovsky, plus 105 at present. Featured prelim in the welterweight division. Also close on the number. Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos, minus 115. Abubakar Nurmagomedov is minus 105. So Nurmagomedov, interesting story, signed in 2019, but has only fought three times since. COVID-19, if memory serves, definitely played a role in that. Um, but he is going for three straight wins here, Kenny, taking on Easy Dos Santos, who has a lot of UFC history nearly murdered Benoit Saint-Denis the last time we saw him. But that was a long time ago, back in 2021. There was a suspension for Osterine, I believe. He disputed yep. that as a contaminated supplement. At one point, this dude won seven fights in a row in the UFC's welterweight division. He has been ranked before. Uh, your thoughts on him here against the very tough Abubakar Nurmagomedov? Yeah, and, and Eliseo Solesky uh, Santos is not only, you know, he hasn't beaten the big names, but he's beaten some really good fighters, some really tough guys. And this was a tough one for me to uh, pick. But I do think Nurmagomedov's wrestling could be a bit of a kryptonite for someone like Dos Santos. Um, however, we've seen Nurmagomedov on the ground get caught a, a couple times. And um, I don't know if Dos Santos is that high level of a guy where he can submit him um, or take advantage of some of those uh, opportunities, but I just think that Nurmagomedov's ability to strike, set up his takedowns, get control is going to be a tough thing for him to overcome. Um, I think that on the feet, there's no question in my mind that uh, Dos Santos is going to have the advantage there. He's very explosive. He's very fast. Um, but I think Nurmagomedov's game plan um, of doing what every Dagestani has done all over the world uh, hit those takedowns, get the control, utilize ground and pound, win those rounds. I think that he's going to be able to do that here uh, against Dos Santos. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get a finish against Dos Santos, but um, I, I think he does get the win. If you are unfamiliar with the name Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos, biggest win of his career came against Sean Strickland. That was UFC 224 yeah, back in 2018. And another interesting note on this fight, some of you might have seen on social media, Bilal Muhammad out at AKA training alongside Nurmagomedov. So Bilal was scheduled to face Dos Santos in Brazil back in 2018. Landline. And in 2018, that fight did not materialize. And my research suggests that Bilal was like pulled from that matchup for whatever reason. And now he trains alongside Abubakar. We'll see how it goes. We're trying to get Petrie's video feedback. So, um, all right, Brian Petrie, 
Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos minus 115. Abubakar Nurmagomedov minus 105. Who do you like? Go figure. The minute I get some color and I break the goddamn camera, looking so good. Hi, uh, <laughs> uh, this fight's a little weird to me because Zoleki Dos Santos is a guy who is a pure striker. I think this guy is great. He knocked out Sean Strickland back in the day. He has not fought a lot of grapplers. And you enter Abubakar, who I think when you look at the Khabib tree, I think he might be like the weak link if there is one. And that's not saying much. I'm not trying to insult the guy, but it's like, that's, that's the weak link in my opinion. I feel like he doesn't want it. He doesn't fight enough and he does, but when he does, it's very low volume, good grappler. Maybe I sleep on him too much. I've picked against him in all three of his UFC fights. I've only got one, right? So I'm going to go with Bubukar. I think the wrestling, the grappling, you can't beat that. He's been in AKA with Khabib. Bilal was there up there. He's getting the full regular or original training camp. I like this. I think this could be an in-shape of Bubukar. So give me a Bubukar. Yeah, I really like him as a human being and as a fighter, but it is hard with some of the inactivity to wonder about yeah. what exactly the intentions are, if there are indeed championship aspirations. But a good test for him uh, coming up against a guy who's certainly done some things uh, in the UFC. All right. Moving night in the flyweight division, the other main card matchup featuring the uh, the fly guys, other than the main event, of course, Tim Elliott, minus 190 against Victor Altamirano, plus 160. Now, sometimes I get a bad rap for, you know, injecting personal lives into live events <laughs> right now. One of the foremost parts of my job is trying to humanize mm -hmm. these athletes, right? And Absolutely. there is a circumstance involving Tim Elliott. Now, I'm not suggesting that if I was calling the fight this weekend that I would take this to air. And certainly mm -hmm. I've learned over 20 years in the business most of the time how to softly take something like this to air. Um, but here's May 13th. Not trying to bury the lead here on the Anakin Florian podcast, right? Tim Elliott on social media, yeah. May 13th. It's May 30th. You want to see something gross? This is my wife, quote unquote wife reading vows to my daughter on our wedding night. The guy holding the microphone was my quote-unquote friend, teammate. My wife cheated on me with this guy the same night, and they have had a relationship our entire marriage. And his, I guess, no longer wife or soon-to-be no longer wife is another UFC fighter or former mm -hmm. UFC fighter, I should say. And I don't even need to mention her name, but mm -hmm. I feel for Tim Elliott, and I feel for, I think, his daughter, Sterling, because... Mm -hmm. This is just a crazy circumstance. And uh, this goes back to Ken Flo. Like, and I just want your predictions at the end of the day, but like, you're not defending a rim here. Like, this is a fight. You're defending your mm -hmm. face, right? And so to go into combat, so to speak, I know it's not war, but to go into combat sports with this type of emotion, like, this is a crazy, crazy story for anyone to have to deal with, never mind a professional fighter. And, um, you know, perhaps it was liberating for Tim Elliott to go public with this, but, um, you know, if you don't think he's thinking about his teammate at some point in the build up to this fight is he's cutting weight and everything else. You're fucking crazy. That is brutal, man. Again, there, there's so much that happens behind the scenes with fighters. And in so many ways, a fighter has to carry that stuff with them. Um, it, some things are very difficult to ignore. And a lot of things you're not supposed to ignore. You have to address in the moment or, or you're not going to be at your best on fight night you know there's so much that could go right and wrong and we kind of forget these fighters are humans and they have these normal lives and they are susceptible they're not these superheroes um and hearing a story like that i mean that's the kind of stuff that can crush a man or woman's soul you know that mm -hmm. that is the ultimate betrayal right uh, you have both sides um a friend who you thought was a friend and who you thought was someone you were willing to marry and uh, 
that that's a lot, dude. That's pretty yeah. fucking heavy. Brian Petrie'd end up in an orange suit, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm not a jealous guy. I never have been, yeah. but that's like nightmare. I mean, who could have? I mean, you can't even write that. Like what happened? Like that's great. I when I read that, I went on Reddit and I got all you know all the information that was out there, and I just fell for Tim Elliott. I mean, that is such a scumbag behavior by the other oh, guy man. who was, you know, I'm not going to name his name, but what a scumbag that is. Really just not good, but we feel for Tim Elliott dealing mm-hmm. with that circumstance. And I know there's all sorts of sides to the story, but uh, we'll see how it goes for Tim here. Minus 190 against Victor Altamirano, who is plus 160. So Elliott Bry ranked number 11 in the world. Mm-hmm. Many of you will recall him fighting Demetrius Johnson competitively for the title back in 2016. Still getting it done, right? Won three of his last yeah. four on paper. No James Krause and other circumstance in his life as yeah. Altamirano looks to take his number. Which way are you going, Brian Petrie? It's Tim Elliott near two to one favorite right now you know, against Victor Altamirano. You know, handicapping's an ugly business, John, because, you know, you look at what's going on through Tim Elliott and it just, it wants me to fade him, right? Because it's like, this is a guy who's already kind of a mental guy to begin with. I know there's some struggles early in his life. He has opened up about it. That's maybe why his performances weren't so clean. Now you're coming off this, which is no fighter, no human should ever have to perform under these circumstances. It's pretty crazy. Not to mention, he's going against a guy, Victor Altamirano, who is kind of a crazy guy, right? I mean, the guy's nuts. Like, he'll, he'll scramble with you. He'll wrestle with you. He'll scrap with you. He's down for it. And this should be a really fun fight. Um, and Jamie Malarkey, which his fight got bumped to a different guy, that was going to be one of my dogs on this. So I need another one. So give me Victor Altamirano just because I don't know if his head's there. I think we're looking at a pretty close decision because uh, Tim Elliott's a stud. I think this goes to the decision, um, and it's going to be a close one like most Tim Elliott fights are. But, yeah, give me Victor Altamirano as, as a little dog shot here. And I do think we're going to have a rule where if there is a Brazilian name, you got to give us the musical rendition at some point in time. You went right through Elizio Zaleski dos Santos without giving us anything. I got, I, 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 sh- I had something in my notes too. My computer fucked it up, but you know, the Santos comes from a capoeira background, which is one of my right. favorite words yeah, to good. say capoeira good. dance fighting. It's the best. See? <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's also the Robert Fala circumstance that Tim Elliott yeah. dealt with back yeah. in the day. Kenny, I just, my heart goes out to the dude. Altamirano definitely streaking though, and has looked good in back-to-back wins arrives at the biggest fight of his career. I can understand why Bryce sees some juice in that plus one sixty. Which way are you going here? Yeah. Be careful what you wish for when you decide to walk the warrior's path. But um, yeah, listen, it's hard because there, you do have to take that into consideration. That's a real thing. And those are things that are going to affect your mental state uh, when you need to perform at an extremely high level, when the repercussions of not making the right uh, decisions um, can make you pay. So, yeah, this is tough. I I guess I'm going to take it from more of a skill and experience type uh, perspective. Um, I have to assume that Tim is going to be, you know, the regular Tim that we see and for Altamirano, I think he would be a little bit more uh, of a um, good underdog bet if he had more experience. He's got some wins for sure. Nothing against big names yet. I do think Tim Elliott's savvy game, his unorthodox game, uh, his variety is going to pose a lot of problems for a kid who doesn't have that level of experience. But he's throwing shots. Tim Elliott's dealing with a lot outside of the cage. Um, he could, he could definitely pull it off, but I'm, I'm going to stick with, uh, Tim Elliott here in this. 
And you can argue Timmy Elliott perhaps will be most comfortable just in that fighting setting. It will be mm-hmm. at the UFC Apex, I believe. We'll see how it goes. You guys are split on that fight. And let me remind you, you don't have to pick every fight. You are allowed to take one fight off. And if my memory is on point today, I will get a prelim selection from you guys or a fight that we're not picking today. If there's one on the main card, that's fine too. All right. Featured bout at lightweight. Wicked curious to see which direction you guys go here. We got Jared Gordon minus 190 against Jim Miller, who is plus 160. 42nd UFC fight for Jim Miller. That is a record. Last one, a loss to Alexander Hernandez. That was in February of this year. Interesting year for Jared Gordon, right? The no contest against Bobby Green in which Kenny, he seemingly lost consciousness, woke up, asked what happened, right? That was on April 22nd. And here he is uh, five or six weeks later. So Jared Gordon minus 190, Kenny, Jim Miller plus 160. Why don't you lead the dance here uh, with the 55ers? Sure thing. Um, I think that Jared Gordon has had, you know, some some bad luck uh, as of late, Um you know, I think he's going to have to clear his head and, and and get ready for this big fight. He's facing a legend in Jim Miller. Um, but I, I think Jared Gordon's going to be the fresher guy here. Uh, when you're talking about mileage and stuff like that, Jim Miller has been so damn impressive. Like, similar to what we were saying about Arlovsky, you talk about durability, longevity, still being a threat at this age, for, you know, going as long as he has is absolutely insane. Um, but... I think it's a tough matchup for Jim here. I, I think uh, Jared isn't necessarily like a, a crazy threat on the feet from a knockout perspective, but I do think he's got enough juice to give Jim Miller a tough time there on the feet and to be able to thwart a lot of the takedown attempts from Jim Miller. Um, I think Jim Miller does his best work either in the clinch with his knees and elbows or when he gets on top. And I think it's going to be tough for him uh, to do that against Jared Gordon here. I'm not sure he's gonna be, if he's going to be able to take Jared Gordon, Jared Gordon down consistently in this fight. I think Jared will be able to keep it on the feet and win some close rounds. So I like Jared here by decision. 14th UFC appearance for Jared Gordon. He has never won a bonus. His last finish came in his UFC debut all the way back in 2017. Jim Miller will be 40 in August. He's a man. Seems like he's got a lot of miles on the farm over the last few months, but certainly that's only going to be a benefit during training camp. What do you got for us, Brian Petrie, Jared Gordon, Jim Miller? I thought Ken Flo was taking Jim Miller here. So let me slide in there and get that dog shot because I got a battle back here. Listen, I don't like that Jared Gordon got unconscious a, a, a little over a month ago. Headbutt or not, he was out, right? That scares me a little bit. Shaking the brain. He wanted to turn right back around and go, let, let, let's keep fighting. I think this is a good, safe fight for him. Miller does have power, but it's not like this, you know, one knockout power. It's going to be accumulation. And then Jared can put a pace on Jim Miller. Jim Miller, the one thing that I've seen as he's gotten older in 42 UFC fights is his cardio isn't world-class. Like third round, he is tired. He's still in there. He's a dog. Alexander Hernandez, though, looked career best, in my opinion. And Miller hung in there. Could have got finished. Should have got finished and hung in there. Absorbed over 100 strikes. I mean, this dude's still tough. Um, And I just think it's going to be interesting when he hits the grounds. I think Jared Gordon's going to want to maybe look for some takedowns, push him against a cage. And and, and Jim Miller's no chump off his back. It's going to be interesting. Jared Gordon's great jujitsu as well. Uh, in the clinches, like Kenny said, it's going to be very interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about Jared Gordon's chin since he just got put out like a month ago. So that's something, you know, a knee up the middle can change everything. Yeah. But uh, you're hanging a good number on Jimmy Miller. I'm going to take it. Plus 160. Give me Jim Miller. And I will say, you know, 1995 Ken Flo playing soccer at Boston College, right? 
header against NC State, right? And his brain is scrambled. Play the whole yeah. game against Duke that weekend, right? So sometimes oh, guys can recover. I'm not saying yeah. Jared Gordon is Kenny Florian, but sure. I do think that it stands to reason that somebody, you know, built like Jared Gordon could my, be okay. But my party trick growing up when I was 21, this is how stupid I am. I got a block head. I have a couple beers in me. I let people break beer bottles over my head, you know, and I eat them like chips. You know what <laughs> I mean? that, that was, that was my party trick because I got nothing else and I did it pretty much every weekend. So, uh, yeah, so not Damn. smart. When was yeah. the last time you let someone do that? Uh, ooh, or do you I mean, do it over, to yourself? You just no, no, no. Someone did it. There sure. used to be. Well, I, I have since deleted my Facebook. There were several photos of Facebook of me going. All right, here, you're handing bottles, and then the pre-crack. Uh, it's been over like twelve years. It's been twelve years. Yeah, we're right. we're we're, we're, past, we're past that point in my life. So I was going to suggest, right? So yeah. this main event challenge, right? Mm-hmm. The punishment is yet sure. to be determined at Anna Florian Pod if you got suggestions, right? So yeah. I'm taking the punishment with you. And yeah. if Kenny loses, Cody's taking the punishment with Correct. Kenny. So yeah. maybe if we lose and we're down fucking three G's, like <laughs> we're let's down. get on it. Yeah, let's get on it. Like, like maybe like get some, maybe a five unit tickle today, but maybe we'll break <laughs> beer bottles over our heads live on the Anakin Florian podcast. The issue for me is obviously yeah. the no hair. You know, I might need to have a medic on standby. Kenny, I know you do this integrated defense. You do stitches too, or for your buddy. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, you got some. I do not. That's not my level specialty. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the, a good idea, Joe. The the trick was to to kind of be with some butthead cornhole it, put the shirt over the head so you don't get glass in your hair. <laughs> yeah, maybe right. not cut your head up, but it, it's probably not the best idea uh, for all the youths out there watching. It's very dumb. Do not do that. Um, it's it's see it that wasn't smart. even a consideration for me. Yeah, you're like I'm all in. America's youth. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I was 2021. 20, I'll, I'll fucking do it. I've t- right, I've told so, my wife uh, about it, and she's like, I want to see it. I don't know. I'm 36 uh, now. It's getting up there, but we'll do it. All right. I guess we'll have to. Yeah. I don't. We'll see. We'll see. I. I. I unless that the the youth of uh this <laughs> great youth. nation and other na- <laughs> nations would be offended. I think it's a pretty good punishment. Right. Petrie and I put hoods on Kenny and break bottles over our heads. I think it's Let pretty Cody good. Let Cody Kenny do it. Just like, hey, let's do it. Oh god. All right. <laughs> Co-main event: the featherweight division. Another longtime UFC veteran, Alex Caceres. But I mean, how about Alex yeah. Caceres? Right. You've been around forever. I mean. 34 years of age. He started 0-2 in the UFC, 1-3 through his first four UFC fights. And this was in 2011-2012. And look at him now. 28th UFC appearance for Alex Caceres, minus 175 here against Daniel the Pit Pineda, plus 150. Second UFC stint for Pineda, and uh, just one loss for the first four fights of that stint. Brian Petrie, mm-hmm. you're going with the favorite Caceres or Pineda the dog. Yeah, I like this fight. Alex Caceres, I'm glad you gave him props, John. This is a guy that doesn't get, I mean, Ultimate Fighter 12. Most people don't even know who won that season. People think that, oh, that's the Bruce Lieber season. That's the Michael Johnson season. Jonathan Brookins won that fucking show. You know what I mean? Like, that guy didn't last long. It's crazy that Caceres has been there step for step with Michael Johnson. And I love his where he's at in his career. This guy went to 35. That that was too much on his body. He's a long, lanky guy. Back up. Now he's fighting for fun. The the Julian Rosa fight, that kicking landed, that's just flowy stuff. He's out there flowing which I love. He's doing grappling outside of the outside of the UFC as well. He's staying active. He's durable. He doesn't give enough credit for how durable he is on the feet. Like it's very hard to put him out on the ground. I mean, unless he's going down with Crone Gracie, he can hang on the ground. You know, he, he's very good on the ground. You got Pineda, who I have faded a lot because this guy has been injured. He's melted a couple USADA piss cups. 
And, you know, he's been out of the octagon for a while. And uh, I was all in on Tucker Lutz his last time out. And he bullied Tucker Lutz, bully balled him and, and just egg on my face. Pineda's very good, very dangerous in that first round and a half. His cardio usually fades. The Tucker Lutz fight, it didn't fade. Caserso is a well-rounded fighter who can win at any time. John, I was going to play it safe this week, and I was going to go, no multi-units. I've had a week off. You know, your, your boy's sitting in the sun, not really gambling much. Right. But let's go five units on Conceres. Nuts on the oh. table. Let's go. We need a comeback, Johnny. I don't want a bottle broken over my head. Let's go. All right. So a five-unit trigger on Alex Caceres. Yeah, that is an $875 wager, I believe, to yield $500. And by oh, the way, wow. I have had such little water today, Kenny, that right oh. now my piss could melt. Hey, you <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to take a sip as you give us yeah, your prediction you on Caceres and Daniel Pineda. Let's go. Um, yeah, this was a tough one for me as well. I think for Pineda, I think he can get some good work done, not maybe from a submission perspective necessarily, but on top with some ground and pound. He's got nasty elbows. When he's in his groove, he's tough to stop. He has been around a, a lot like Caceres, though. You never really know what kind of Daniel Pineda you're going to get. There's certain times where I'm like, dude, this guy he looks phenomenal. looks like he can you know, get, go for a run here. But then there's other times where I'm like, he, he looks lackluster. He gets tired. Like, you know, Brian mentioned his cardio. He struggled with that in the past, late in fights. So he, he's always been dangerous early. But uh, as far as, you know, going deep into the third round, I think, you know, it, it hasn't always been there for him. I, I agree with Brian. He did look good in his last fight. So it just makes things that much more tricky. Now, let's talk about Caceres. Look at the improvements that he's made, the maturity that he has shown in the octagon as of late, the decision-making. Um, he's been able to really put it together so much better. Um, I think that Caceres uh, and his experience uh, makes him the favorite here for good reason. Um, it, it's just tough when I get a guy like Pineda who's been inconsistent. Can he win? Yes. But I like Caceres. I like his consistency. I like the fact that he's been able to put it all together. Seems like everything is going well for him in a training perspective. So I, I like Caceres as well here. I'm not willing to do a, a multi-unit <sighs> bet, but I do like Caceres here. So let's go. All right, both guys on Alex Caceres, minus 175. And yes, Cody, you do still owe the podcast a tattoo. See to it that you, uh, that you get that ink. My man. All right, let us get to the main event. Third-ranked Kai Kata France, minus 110. Number seven, Amir Albazi, minus 110. That's a pick em, ladies and gentlemen. Albazi out of Iraq. That should be the pronunciation of the week. Everybody's saying Iraq. Albazi out of Iraq has won five in a row overall, 16 and one as a pro, 4 and 0 in the UFC. Finisher, three of those UFC wins by stoppage. Only pro loss by decision to Jose Shorty Torres back in 2019. As such, Bry, he gets yeah. the opportunity of a career here. First UFC main event against recent interim title challenger, Kai Kata France. Who do you like in the main event? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and get in front of this. I cannot roll my R's. I have a whale's tongue. It's the widest tongue you've ever seen. So I'm just going to go Kara France here, so I'm not going to be right. too embarrassed. Right. Uh, I love this fight. And the reason I love it is because I don't. it's so hard to pick. This is the definition of a pick em because you got Amir Abazi, who's kind of lit the world on fire at 125 when he's came in. A lot of hype behind this guy. 
and he hasn't really fought anybody. Then you got Kai Car France, who's fought fucking everybody, right? And he had that real groove going there for a while, beating Askar Askarov, who's the boogeyman in the division. No one wants to fight that guy, right? To go and fighting Brandon Moreno and, and having a pretty competitive fight till he got dropped with the body kick. Kai Car France is so technical that I'm worried that his volume's just not there. But this this fight thunderstruck me right i had a dream about this this is this is how pathetic and loser i am dreaming about fights but amir abazi is definitely i think he's better on the ground obviously kakar france has been submitted before but his takedown defense is very good how is amir going to get it there i think it's going to be a club and sub i think amir even though he doesn't have the technical prowess kakar france does kakar has been known to get caught in fights at least be hit Abazi drops him, jumps on something, a la the Brandon Raval fight, uh, which is what Kai Car France was in. You know, he got submitted in that fight as well. Um, this this goes against everything I believe in with handicapping. You should pick the more the the guy with the better resume, the guy with the better talent, all this stuff. But just something thunderstruck me with Amir Abazi. So I'm going to go with Amir Abazi. I like that to pick him. Um, hopefully, Kenny goes the opposite way here, so we can get a little action. Uh, but give me Amir Abazi. Amir Albazi, minus 110 right now. On the other side, Kai Cotafrance, Ken Flo, a lot of high-level experience acknowledged there by Brian Petrie. He challenged Brandon Moreno for the interim flyweight title. That was last year. He then pulled out of a fight earlier this year against Alex Perez due to injury. Now gets the main event shine, actually, for the first time in the UFC. Cotafrance, minus 110, same number on Albazi. Where wants to know, Kenny Florin, which way are you going? Yeah, Albasi is a problem. Uh, I love his his pressure, his pacing, uh, and his pursuit of submissions when the fight hits the ground. I do think he, he definitely has vulnerabilities on the feet still, um, but he is tough. He's got a chin. He's durable. Um, and I think he's very motivated right now. For me, experience-wise, doesn't have those big names on his resume uh, but he is very, very good and someone to watch for sure. I don't know exactly how this is going to go, of course, um, but I, I do believe in Kai Kata France uh, and his game. I, I think that his camp is still one of the best in the world. I think he is going to be motivated by, by this main event spot here. Uh, and again, I, I look at the Oscar Oscarov fight and I say, well, maybe his volume wasn't there where it should have been. But I do think he was very well prepared to take on a very determined grappler in that fight. I think he can build off of that experience and get a good win here. Um, I, I think he's coming in here confident. I think he does feel that he's going to have a huge advantage on the feet. I'm not sure he finishes him, but I definitely believe that he can finish someone like Albazi on the feet. I don't know exactly if it's going to happen early. But I think later, maybe third round, fourth round is when those punches and strikes can start to accumulate. Frustration set in against a guy who's less experienced and he can win. So I like Kai, Kai, uh, Kai Kata France here. I'm going to put, uh, let's put two units on. Oh. Let's go two units. Give me two units. Nothing crazy. Now right, I'm rethinking we'll everything. Now I'm think, rethinking everything. <laughs> All right. I need two more minutes of your time, Brian. Yes. Petrie. Do you have any other selections on oh, yeah. this fight night? We've had, oh, look oh, at yeah. this guy. And oh. I got to say, by the way, if you are somebody out there who's looking for an MMA handicapper, we're not trying to lose this guy and loyalty goes very <laughs> far, but I would hire the guy who dreams about fights, right? Like I do yeah. this 25 times a year. I yeah. do the podcast 50 times a year, but yeah. I'm not dreaming about fucking prelims. 
Oh, well, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. I talk in my sleep too. Eric, my wife says I'm talking about fights. It's, 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 it's an unhealthy obsession, but I wouldn't have it any other way. All right. So you've already given us one, two, three, four, five, six selections, in Q, including a five unit hopper on Alex Caceres. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is your final selection for us? What else on the board piques your interest, brother? I, I really like this kid, Luan Lucerta. He debuted against Cody Stamen. He's fighting Damone Blackshear. Oh, yeah. Great grappler. Good on the feet. His takedowns are good, but he debuted against Stamen, who's a stud. Blackshear grappled himself, likes to do the work on the ground. I think Lucerta can win on the feet. I think he can win like uh, on the ground. He has a submission every different way. Rear naked choke, arm triangle, leg lock, heel hook. This kid is legit, confident, um, 30 years old, right in his prime, ready to peak. Give me Lacerda. Minus 145 is a juicy number, slight favorite. So I'm, I, I'm, already, I'm already on him early. Probably will get him uh, again, some kind of prop. But uh, yeah, Juan Lacerda is, is my pick, baby. All right, nicely done with the extra selection. That's seven picks from Brian Petrie this week on the Anakin Florian podcast. And before we let you go, right now, yeah. this number, pretty interesting, UFC 291. And the, the latest example, in my humble opinion, about the UFC, the matchmaking brass, and them knowing exactly what they're doing, right? So mm-hmm. Ikram Alaskarov is fighting Paolo Costa at UFC mm-hmm. 291. Costa, yes. the former middleweight world title challenger, looked really good in a memorable fight against Luke Rockhold. And then you have Ikram Alaskarov, who just won his UFC debut not all mm-hmm. that long ago. Lone pro loss came against Kamzat Shimaev down at welterweight. Shortly Correct. thereafter, he moved up to 185 pounds. And now, Bri, one fight into his UFC career, he's favored, albeit slightly, minus 115 to beat Paolo Costa. It's, it's, it, to me, it's a little insanity. That's Khabib's guy. I heard about that guy before the Hanzat fight. And then when he got slept by Hazmat, everything, you know, you know, the breaks got settled. Look at his UFC de- debut, but Paulo Costa, if he comes in right, if he comes in on weight and doesn't do any of that weight bullshit, this is a guy who is really good, right? He's, I mean, he's a powerhouse. He's hard to take down. He's hard to hold down. Ikram is kind of a, a well-rounded guy, but he wants to get the fight to the ground when he's fighting a guy like Paulo Costa. Easier said than done. Uh, I love that you brought that line up because I, you know, now that I can legally bet, you know, I've been jumping on early lines and that that's something I am definitely going to jump on. Uh, yeah. I think Costa, I mean, I know there's a lot of, you know, the secret juice stuff and does he want to be part of the UFC is the fight sign. There's a lot of outside stuff, um, but he's a real deal. He's a real deal. Just really interesting that Alice Karov calls for the Bo nickel fight and DC yeah. wisely slowed my role, suggested that yeah. that was too soon for Bo nickel. And now here I, he I is think, fighting Paolo Costa and no, go ahead, please. No, I, I love Bo nickel. I I've been on, I DM when I first started this podcast, I DM Bo nickel was the first guy I DM'd when he was still at Penn state. and was like, Hey, can you come on the podcast and talk about if you're going to do MMA? Because we need a guy like him in MMA, right? I, yeah. I got ignored. I get ignored because I'm, I'm a no, but the guy's a stud and I, I've been on him. I mean, I think he's, I think he's next level. All right. Well, when we interview Bo nickel here on the Anakin yeah. Florian podcast, if I should up. say, Did we'll have you be at, no, we'll have you oh, be a part oh, of we'll that. On uh, here. Yeah. 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 We'll have you that. be a, a whole, a whole part of that, but I, I love just it. love seeing a line like that. So close. All right. Brian Petrie, MMA takes podcast. Find him at Brian Petrie, MMA on social media. Why don't you get on out of here, Brian? We appreciate your contributions yeah, as always. You guys are the best. See ya. Peace. All right, before we go, just wanted to shout out the uh, longtime manager of Longo Weidman MMA, Steve Lee, who has now cracked the top 100 professional bantamweights in the Northeast at number 99. He's lucky that I'm not fighting.
you know, because I think Steve Lee and I might be on a collision course, but we appreciate his support very much. And nice to see him get a little bit of shine there. And uh, lastly, I would just say to Jared Paolo, we know you're the heart of uh, Argus Integrated Defense. It's not Ken Flo, so I'm sorry for butchering your name uh, off the top of the program. That is going to do it for us today. Don't forget, remember the show with Bilal Muhammad and Jason Annick still live every Thursday on the Anakin Florian Podcast YouTube channel. Our show here on the DraftKings Network and all over the place is live to tape. They actually do theirs live. So give them a view on uh, Thursday night if you're so inclined. Also check out Kenny Florian, martialarts.com at Argus Integrated Defense. Again, he had no idea we were promoting that today, but uh, it definitely piqued my interest. One More Sleep merchandise is out there at millions.co. We are now offering my autographed fighter cards. I actually use these cards to prep for fights. We're also offering signed merchandise as well. So uh, you can check out all of the regional designs as well at millions.co. Uh, Thank you to our guests today. Of course, Raymond Longo, Brian Petrie, our producer, putting this whole show together. Ably, as always, is Cody Merrow. Kenny, safe travels back home. Thank you, bro. And we'll talk to you next week in advance of UFC 289. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for watching. We appreciate every last one of you. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Back with a pay-per-view preview coming up next Monday. Until then, yo later. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.